And good morning, FFM. We are so excited to be coming to you live here from Centerville um, as we are getting up and running on our live stream, uh, giving everybody an opportunity to, uh, to get on and get uh, joined in. And of course, as we always do, and for those of you who are here in the auditorium this morning, uh, we have a little bit of time. Go ahead and pull out your, uh, pull out your device and share the live stream. Um, get that out there to your friends and your family. Uh, we love to see when we get done, we leave to see, uh, love to see that plastered all over Facebook um, to make sure everybody can see it. If you're at home and you're watching, uh, you can watch on our BoxCast. You just go BoxCast.com or um, on your Fire or your Roku uh, to go to the apps and download BoxCast. That's going to give you the best uh, kind of viewing um, experience with it. So we encourage you to do that. Or you can go onto YouTube and just search for FFM Centerville, and we, uh, you get our YouTube channel, and uh, you can watch that on there. So um, for, for those of you who are watching at home or for you here in the, uh, the, uh, the auditorium, we have a few changes right now with our, with our offering. So for those of you at home, you can use our PushPay app. Um, you can go to our, uh, through our church app, you can go to our website, um, you can go to which website you just go to. It's really easy for our website, you go ffm.church. That's all you got to type in, it's going to take you uh, to, a, to what we call a splash page, and you're going to be able to visit either Kalamazoo's page, or you're going to be able to visit Centerville's page uh, to get to our website. So you can go to our website, you can use our app, or right on Facebook, if you're, uh, if you're on Facebook, you can look there at the top and you're going to see a link for push pay for the offering. For those of you who are here in the auditorium, uh, the offerings, we're not going to be uh, doing the baskets in the auditorium. There's a couple of spots uh, throughout there, uh, I believe in the back, where the, uh, the ushers are going to be at, and they're going to be able to take up your offering. Um, following along, for those, again, this is for both of you here in the auditorium or at home. We have our sermon notes. Those are posted up on Facebook. Those are posted on the website and, of course, on our app, uh, My Church. If you don't have the app, we have, as, as we're trying to kind of consolidate everything right now for information and get it to you as quick as possible, um, we encourage you to download uh, the, uh, the, the church app, which if you go to your app store on either a, a uh, iPhone or a Droid device, you go to, the, uh, go to the app store, you type in My Church, and it's going to pop right up. You're going to be able to, to get on there. You're going to be able to see that. And uh, you're going to be able to keep updated on a lot of what's going on. And, and this morning we have our sermon notes on there. Uh, there's a link on the Facebook page, a link on the website. We're putting information everywhere we can put it to keep you as involved um, and, and as uh, integrated as, as you want to be uh, to make sure you have all the information uh, for that. So we, uh, we want to go ahead, we want to give a round of applause. I don't know if any of them are in here that helped yesterday. Um, if you did help yesterday with the playground, with getting, uh, they're working on getting the basketball hoops and the volleyball court in, if you did, let's give them a round of applause. Um, we're looking forward to when we're able to use that again. Um, that we're going to have it ready. It's, the, the hoops aren't quite ready. We had to let a little bit of concrete dry. Um, so we, uh, we don't quite have the basketball hoops up yet, but we look forward uh, just to the blessing that it's going to be. Uh, so Justin Gentz and uh, Bo McMillan and a couple of those guys uh, heading that up yesterday, got some guys out there, and we just we cannot thank them enough uh, for really making sure that, that our youth kids and our young kids are well taken care of. So we thank you guys so much uh, for doing that. Um, just a reminder for those of you that are in here, and we'll, we'll say it again towards the end of the service, just to help with some distancing, just to help keep everybody feeling nice and comfortable uh, when we get done with first service, if possible, um, we're going to have offering baskets there as well, but if you're, if you're able to, to move out that side, we've got a beautiful day outside, you want to go right outside anyway, um, you want to make your way out that 
that way, and you'll, you'll still be able to congregate and talk. And for those of you who are going to be picking up your kids, uh, you're able to go out the east side, of uh, the main double doors over there. And that's just to allow the people who are going to be coming in for second service, uh, just where we don't kind of have that clash of people uh, coming together on that. Uh, for those of you who have, who have just joined in uh, again on our live stream, we're, we're going to continue to encourage you, please share that live stream. Please get that out there. Um, we're, we're working on getting it put together. Um, you, you guys, I'm, I'm just telling you, for those of you who are in here, when you share this, our numbers just jump exponentially by the more people who share. And so if you really want to be a part of our outreach team, if you really want to be a part of our, of our ministry team, that's a great, easy way for you to do that. Just hop on um, Hop on Facebook, share that, or if you want to grab our YouTube link, you can, you can share that out there as well. So as we're getting ready here, uh, we're getting close to, to starting. I just want to take a moment and just thank everybody just for their incredible patience. And I mean, just for those of you who are online, we, we want to let you know how much we appreciate you. We want to let you know how much we love you. Uh, we want to let you know that even if you're uh, not able to make it here because of everything that's going on, um, we want you to know how much we appreciate you taking the time to come and join us. And I had the opportunity uh, this last week, uh, the last two weeks we've been working with a church that we all know and love um, very well from down in Indiana, and that's Brighton Chapel. Brighton Chapel called up our media team. And they said, hey, we love what you guys are doing we would love to bring that to our church. Can you guys come and help us? And so Mark, actually Mark Britton is down there this morning. They're getting ready for their first live full production um, of going up online and joining and, and just reaching uh, every corner of the earth. So, so to Brighton Chapel, you know, let's give them a round of applause for taking in and putting in the money, putting in the effort uh, to our media team. Uh, for really leading uh, the charge on that. And then we had an opportunity um, two nights ago where we had another church call and just say, hey, we're, we're looking at doing um, more live streaming. We want to get into live streaming. We want to keep it simple. Um, but I want you guys, to, especially you guys who are back here in the auditorium, to understand how incredible the media team and the, the, just the vast uh, amount of gifts and knowledge um, that these guys have in making sure that throughout this entire uh, time of being at home and now as we're getting fired back up, um, they, we would have Sunday mornings where we would have people texting us during the service asking us questions about live streaming because they were trying to do their live stream with their church. And so they have really set themselves up apart. They are, they, they've really elevated themselves um, to, and lifted themselves up in the community to where churches know, uh, you know where they can go to get help, and they've been more than willing to do that. And I think that speaks volumes of the amount of work and effort uh, that everybody has put in. So if you see one of the media guys um, or, or gals, we've got them both, um, and we're adding more. Um, if you see any of them, please make sure that you, uh, that you thank them for everything uh, that they've done. So I've been looking around waiting to see if our, if our winner has walked in yet uh, for our kids' notes. If uh, for you at home, uh, your kids can stay involved, your kids can stay invested in, in what's being preached. So go on to Facebook, go to the website, uh, go to the app, and get the kids' notes. For you that are here in church, uh, right here with us, your kids can do the same thing. Go online. Um, they can fill out the kids' notes. They're going to turn it in. Um, they're going to be able to, to, to uh, then be in the pot for a prize. And um, Michael Willison, he's, I don't think he's here on first service. Um, if you're listening, make sure you track Pastor Don down and get your candy, my man. Get it from him. Um, but this week's winner... 
Hey, we got a, oh, he's not paying attention. Give me a drum roll, buddy. Come on, give me a drum roll. This week's winner, Mackenzie Munson. Congratulations to Mackenzie. She'll be here for second service. And I think she just won a couple of uh, couple of Sundays ago. So kids, get them in because you have a really good chance of winning. All right? But the more we get in, uh, you know, we, we want to see as many kids involved in it as we can. Uh, right now, get those in. Use your, uh, your, uh, your computer. Use your phone. Talk with your parents to get set up for that. Um, and so, you know what? Let's stand. As we get here to 9 o'clock, uh, right as the clock changes to 9, we are excited. Who in here is excited? Come on. Who in here is excited? Who in here is ready for the movement of God? Come on. Come on. Who out there live stream? I'm looking at you. I want you guys to stand with us. I want you to be excited with us. Um, we've got just the one announcement, which uh, if you get a chance to, to talk with Pastor Rod or you can sign up in the back. They're doing a great ministry where they go and they'll pick up furniture and they'll take it to uh, the needy families or they'll take it to where they're holding it. Um, until they can uh, get it delivered. So if you are interested and available throughout the week to where you can help uh, with, with a, a, a really great ministry, uh, dealing with people, getting furniture to those who need it, uh, that would be great. Again, you can see Pastor Rod or in the back. And so I'm excited. I'm excited. We've got a great sermon coming. We have great sermon. We have great preaching every Sunday. Brano, put your hand in the air right there. Come on, Brano. Brano is bringing the word this morning, and he's going to bring it. I'm, we've been reading through the notes. We get the notes early. We're excited. I want you guys to be excited. I want you guys to walk in here uh, just, just thrilled that we can come together and worship. And we've got plenty of room. You've got plenty of space. There's plenty of room for dancing. There's plenty of room for everything that, uh, that, that you need to do to worship God. The altar's open. Uh, we just remind you um, that, that during this time for right now, we're going to just have the ushers, uh, I'm sorry, the elders uh, pray over those who come forward. And that's just, that's just for a short amount of time, all right? It's not going to last long, I promise. All right? The night is here, but the sun is coming. Uh, the joy is coming in the morning, and we are to that point. Uh, we are excited. So let's lift our hands. Let's get excited. Let's praise, and let's lift our uh, a word of prayer up to the Lord. Father God, we love you. Father God, we are thrilled that you are here this morning, and that, God, you came with each and every one of us. You came uh, ready to pour out upon us as we pour out our praise to you. So, Father God, we give you joy this morning. We lift up a shout. Lift up a shout with me this morning. Father God, we love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. One, two. Okay. It helps if my microphone is on. Are you guys ready to worship the Lord? Okay, we're gonna we're praying right now with this Brazilian beat. You gotta move a little bit. You gotta dance a little bit. Come on. Here we go. Mighty in battle, perfect in love. Awesome and wonder, faithful and just. Matchless in mercy, wisdom and strength. 
Come on, drums only unto your name. But we're lifting up praise for the whole body of Christ. There are some churches in America of all places who are not allowed to meet this morning. Just on Friday, the Supreme Court of the United States denied the churches of California to hear their case against the government. For not being able to gather the worship. It's the second amendment of the Constitution. It could not be more clear. The framers of the Constitution, when they wrote it and got done, we heard it from Aaron Miller as an eldership team, literally would have sat back on their seat and said, there's no way anyone could ever mess this up. It's the highest law of the land. It's above the Supreme Court. Hello, somebody. And just on Friday, the churches in California were denied to even be heard. I want you to understand this morning, you're not only praising God for yourself. You're not only praising God, amen, for Firm Foundation Ministries. We're here to praise God for the whole body of Christ. And I want you to say by faith this morning. That if there are some churches in our great country that are being denied the ability to gather and worship while at the same time there is a promotion of lawlessness without the denial, you and I got to praise God for those who can't this morning. Do you understand that? We have to praise God for those who can't this morning. And so there's no time for wimpy worship anymore. Are you with me? We have to push, we have to push on the, the principalities and powers that are on planet earth to reach into the heavenlies. And that's our job as the body of Christ. That's our job, amen, is to challenge the principalities and powers that are. And let me tell you something. The devil doesn't mind if we preach sermons. The devil doesn't even mind if we go to church. What the devil minds is that we praise the living God, amen, because that's where the battle's won. And this morning in this place, we need to let our praise arise, amen, not just for our church, not just because we are blessed enough to be able to gather, not just because a state legislator would come and meet with our eldership team and look us in the eye and say, gentlemen, you're not breaking the law by worshiping, and even if you were, we should worship God anyway. Come on, somebody. 
So this morning, we got to let our faith arise. we got to let our praise arise for our brothers and sisters who can't. Amen? This morning. And I, wa- I, wa- I want you to understand, when we battle that way, amen, listen, there is nothing that can battle against it. And so, Father, in this morning, right now in this place, we lift up our praise, God, to you and to heaven as the body of Christ. Not as a single church in Michigan, God, but for the whole body of Christ. Specifically those, God, who are being denied. Who are being denied to be even heard, God. While lawlessness is promoted in our land, God, worship is being denied. And so, Father, I pray right now that you would open up the heavens, God, and pour out your spirit, God. Lord, let Pentecost not be something that just happened in the book of Acts in chapter 2. But God, we need it right now, God. Pour it out on the body of Christ right now, God. And Lord, we say we will take the lead in praise. We will praise for those who can't. We will worship for those who are being denied. God, we will lift up our praise to you. Fill us, God, with your glory. Fill us with your honor, God, as we lift our voice to heaven. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Things are yet to come. He has done great things, and greater things are yet to come. He has done great things, and greater things are yet to come. He has done great things, oh yes, He has, oh, and greater things are yet to come. Let praise, let praise arise within us, let praise arise among us, let praise arise as we gaze upon your beauty, let praise arise within us. Let praise arise among us, let praise arise as we gaze upon your beauty.
Lift up our voice and praise your name, Lord. You are great. Come on, lift up your voice and praise the Lord. Tell him how great he is, how good he is. Lord, I just want to be in your presence, Lord. I want to be in your presence more and more. Just come, Lord. Just come, Lord. Just pour out your spirit, Lord, in our place. Now fade away Every crown 
presence, Lord. We want to declare how beautiful, how wonderful you are. There's no one else like you. There's no one else. Wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in one. Wonderful, beautiful, glorious. Come on, lift up your voice. Wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Wonderful, stay in his presence with open hearts and open mind mm. we rest in you in your presence there's no more fear there is joy there is love there is unity. Oh. You're so good. You are so good. Wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Wonderful. Come on, church, sing it out.
Praise the Lord, because He's good. He's awesome. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you that we can come to you and just be undone in your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the fact that you chase after us. Psalm 139 says that there is nowhere that I can go to run from your presence, because wherever I go, there you are. Even if I try to hide in the deepest cave, yet he will still find me there. He will still find you there, and his goodness chases us. So, Father, we thank you for your goodness this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your unconditional love. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and for your blood that was shed that brings forgiveness. It brings healing. It brings hope, restoration. We love you, Lord. We just want to continue to worship you this morning. Sing it out to the Lord. It's you and him right now. Just tell him how much you love him. Sing it out. Said everyone who has breath, praise the Lord. He wants to hear that from you. We were created to worship the King. What an honor to worship the King of Kings. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up, until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Come on, sing it out. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. How many of you love his voice speaking to you? I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. Of my life, you have been So, so good. With 
Christy Munson came up and gave a, a, a word. I told her to hold on to it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share, I think, the gist of it in the sense that speaking to a couple others here, we're getting a unity of the Lord. Right now, it can be easy for us to misplace our focus as the body of Christ. We can see the world tearing itself apart, and we can be focused and say, God needs to do something. God needs to do something. God, will you want to do something? Brenner's going to share it too a little bit, I believe, in unity with his message. 
right now, church, God's business is with us. God's not ignoring the world. God's business is with us. God's preparing us for His presence. Of the ten virgins, only five of them had their lamps full when the bridegroom showed up. Only five of them could be used in a darkness. He came at night when it was dark. Only five of them had oil to burn and light the way. And God's business is with us. Amen. And he's trying to get us full of his oil. Amen. He's trying to get us full so we're ready for his presence so that we can burn in a, in a dark world. Amen. And we need to allow our hearts. Listen, his business, it proves it over and over. He took his disciples away over and over again to do business with them. He removed them from the, the environment around them in order to speak to them, to do business with them. And this is a time when God is doing business with the church to prepare us so that Christ can work through us for his goodness into a lost and dying world with boldness, with liberty, and with power. God first pours his goodness out on us before he can pour his goodness out on a lost and dying world. And we need to be ready for that. We need to be ready to receive that. Like a lamp that's empty of oil, God wants to pour himself into us. Amen. Come on. Come on. God wants to do business with that empty lamp this morning. God wants to do business with that empty vessel to pour himself out into it. His goodness is running after us, church, in order to fill us with, this, with who he is. Come on, to light us like he did on the day of Pentecost. To shine bright in a dark world. And you just need to raise your hands this morning and say, God, I'm a willing vessel. Pour yourself out, God, and fill me up. Come on, give him everything. church you can sing it all my life you have been come on raise your voice and sing it let heaven hear you this morning every breath that I am here oh I will see of the goodness of God one more time sing it all my life all my life you have been faithful Church, all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am living, oh, I will see of the goodness 
seated if you can. Amen. I know church is different and we're trying our best to move along and and provide these things in such a way that blesses everyone and allows us uh, to move undisturbed and unhindered. Amen. Uh, uh, For a lot of things. And uh, both churches, both Firm Foundation Ministries in Centerville and Firm Foundation Ministries in Kalamazoo are back in service this morning. Come on. There are a lot of good churches that are back in service today. Some had held off until today. Uh, Pastor Paul Bucco and the staff at Riverside and Riverside Church in Three Rivers, they're back in service today. Come on, let's give God praise for that, right? Um, and, and there's a lot of good churches in our area that are just doing great things and, and finally able to worship and, and, and come back together. We need to pray for the body of Christ and for protection. Amen. Uh, from the hand of the enemy, from this virus, and even from the traps that the enemy would set uh, to see, say, I told you so. So during your prayer time every day, you need to pray, amen, that God keeps us safe and that God uh, uh, protects us with the hedge of angels, amen. Especially our own church, right? You should always pray for that and Kalamazoo. And, and uh, Kalamazoo's pressing back in now. And so we, uh, we want to include them in our prayers and our support. If you see Firm Foundation Ministries of Kalamazoo posting things on social media, do us a favor, be a part of their evangelistic team too, and share that. Amen? Share it, share it, share it. And, and uh, we're, we're looking for more and more ways uh, to continue to grow as a ministry all over. And so it, it's so good. Amen? Uh, we want you to pray for this coming Wednesday night. I want you to be prepared. Uh, I put a panel together, and we're going to talk about race relations and how we feel like God speaks to that from the Scripture. And uh, we put together a great panel. And uh, uh, as, as of now, um, uh, the sheriff, Mark Lillywhite of the county, has agreed to come and be a part of our panel. Yes, amen. Come on. And uh, uh, we want to ask him some questions about how he feels like racism affects our county and what he believes the answer is. Amen. Uh, and so at the end of this meeting, and I agree with Mike Munson, I know our prayer time is from 6 to 7 on Wednesday. We're probably not going to get it done in a complete hour. So the live stream's just going to roll. Amen. And, until we're done. But we're going to talk about it. And at the end of it, we're not just going to talk about it. We're, we're going to feel what we feel like the spiritual answer is and put that out there. And then next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday. Pastor Don is going to preach a message on racial reconciliation from Ephesians chapter 2. And it goes right along with what God is doing with us. And, and just going to blow your mind away. And I've been working with the eldership team to make sure we put that away. And then the following Wednesday, we're inviting everyone who wants to to come in during our prayer time. The focus of our prayer is going to be, God, would you move in this situation? Amen. And like I said it before, I believe Firm Foundation Ministries in particular has authority to speak to this because of all the uh, 
I'm trying, Breno's helping me. Ethnicities that are represented in our church, amen? And uh, the multiracial, if you want to, uh, uh, mixture of what God is doing in our life and how that's not by coincidence. So we're, we're going to use the capital God has given us, amen, to speak into this direction. And we need your prayer. Hello, somebody. We need, I said we need your prayer. And so we're asking you to do that. Uh, it's going to be good. I don't think that those two events, those three events, this Wednesday, next Sunday, and then the following, I don't believe that's going to be the end of it. I believe God's going to point us in a direction to be specific in ministering, amen, and, and, and lead the way, at least in our area, for what we believe is answer, amen. So pray for us, amen. Hallelujah. Um, I'm going to invite Breno to the stage. Let's give the Lord and Breno a hand as he comes. Um, this was Breno's first week full-time on staff, amen, and that was great, right? Yes, amen, and uh, the, the next, the ne- he's still walking, uh, his first day on the job, um, um, uh, you don't know that, but uh, Rod's first day on the job, uh, on full-time on staff, uh, I left for lunch, and uh, I was sitting at the restaurant next door, and I wasn't over there 10 or 15 minutes, and, and, and some state troopers come flying into the church building, and, and I'm looking out the window going, what happened? To, what did Rod do on his first day on the job? And, and that's a big thing. We've, we're hilarious about that. And then uh, Breno walks in the door on Monday, his first day on the job, and, and some guy uh, follows Breno in the, in the church, and Breno walks him into my office. Long story short, I had to... Um, I had to persuade that gentleman, not persuade, I had to uh, encourage him to go back out the same door he came in. And then I looked at Brenda, and I was like, what is it with Guy's first day on staff? Um, uh, anyway, you did good, at least the cops didn't show up. Right? Right. Uh, the interns were in this week, uh, Colton is back, let's give go- uh, God a praise for that, so he'll join us Monday. So, Breno and Colton and Ethan this year, and Tyler, after he gets married, after his honeymoon and, and those type of things, he may join us on Wednesday afternoons. We don't know. Carly's like, maybe. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so we're looking forward to all those things and how it plays out. Pray for us as we navigate uh, uh, internship and those things. Today, Ethan is up in Kalamazoo. Hello, somebody, right? And, and even though he's on staff for us 10 weeks, Kalamazoo needed him. We sent to this morning. Mark Britton is down at uh, Brighton Chapel. Come on, church. Yep. So, Firm Foundation Ministries is still sending out people because that's what we do. Amen. And this morning, Brenda's going to continue in the context of what God's been speaking to us. And you're going to enjoy this. And so, let's pray for him. Father, today, right now, we pray in the name of Jesus. Let his thoughts be yours, his words be yours, that we, your people, might be blessed. Open our ears to hear your word and receive it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Good morning, church. You guys feeling good? Good. It's so, so great to be here. Let's jump right into it. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 21. Super excited to uh, be sharing with you out of this book. Fun fact, this is probably my favorite book in the Bible. John, I just love this book. It's one of the Gospels in the Bible. There are four books, four Gospels that, that uh, it's, it's a story about the life of Jesus. And I love the book of John because the, one, the writer who wrote this, John, he was, he was in a way one of Jesus' best friends. This man, John, he walked with Jesus. He, he lived his life with Jesus. He saw Jesus do everything in, 
right in front of him. So I, can, I, I experience the intimacy between John and Jesus when I read the book of John. And, and, but this morning, I'm not going to be focusing on John. This morning, I want to focus on Peter. Peter is another disciple that also walked with Jesus during his ministry. Peter was also one of those in Jesus's, you could call it small circle, where, where he was right there with Jesus through everything. And I want to focus on Peter this morning, this morning is because this story of restoration that Peter experiences is a story of restoration for each and every one of us. So to give you a little narrative before I jump into the scripture, I'm going to be starting in verse 15. So just bookmark verse 15 real quick. I'm just going to give you a quick summary of where we're at. So Jesus, he already rose from the dead. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And now he's walking on earth. And this story, we're, we're, uh, we're going to be talking about his third appearance to the disciples. This is uh, the disciples' third encounter with Jesus after the resurrection. So they're all aware that he's real. They're all aware that he has uh, defeated death, hell, and the grave. But Peter, he grabs six other disciples and he says, I'm going to go fishing. So the other disciples are like, all right, cool, let's go fishing for a little bit. No, they fish all night. So Peter and the rest, some other disciples, they, they're fishing all night. They catch nothing, which is so funny because they're fishermen. This is all Peter knows. All Peter knows is fish. He has fished all his life, but they catch nothing. But here they are in the Sea of Tiberias, and it's dawn. It's, it's the sun is coming up, and they're about 100 feet from shore, and they hear a voice from shore saying, children, have you caught anything? So this person asking this was Jesus. Jesus is asking the disciples, have you caught anything? And they reply, no, we've caught nothing all night. And then Jesus responds, throw your net on the right side of the boat. There's really no significance to the right side, but they're just like, okay, we might as well try it. So, so Jesus says, throw your net on the right side of the boat. So the disciples, they throw their net on the right side of the boat. And sure enough, because Jesus is God, the net is full of fish. And it even says they couldn't even reel in the net because there were so many fish. And they were astonished. They're like, what the world? This random dude just tells us to put the net in the water. Now we have fish. But then John, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, he says, that's Jesus. That's the Son of God. He, here he is again, just, just flexing, just showing another miracle that he can give us fish again. And then it's so funny that once they realize this, Peter, he puts his clothes on, which is interesting because he's fishing without clothes. Really weird. But then he puts his clothes on jumps in the water and swims to shore, which is also weird because he's putting on clothes to jump in the water. We, we're not going to talk about it, but that's just a little weird. But Peter, but just, just try, to, try to imagine the excitement Peter is experiencing that it's Jesus, his, one of his best friends, the one who loves him more than anyone else. He jumps in the water, swims to shore. The rest of the disciples meet up with him as they get to shore. And Jesus, he is there with the fire ready. And he said, let's have breakfast. Everybody eats. Let's have breakfast. Let's get together. Let's eat some fish. So this is where we're at in the story. Verse 15, if you would like to join with me, just imagine the picture right here. It's morning. The disciples are there. Seven of them, they are tired. They are hungry. They are about to eat some fish. They are sitting in a circle. And this is where we begin our reading. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? 
He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke signifying by the death he would glorify God. And then he had spoken this. He said to him, follow me. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for being here in this room with us. Your word says when two or more are gathered into your name, you are, you are dwelling with them. So we believe that you are here this morning and we are here for you, Father. I pray, Lord, that when they hear this sermon this morning, they don't hear my words, but they hear your words. Father, we just ask for you to show up and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. So this is an interesting story, how Jesus is asking Peter if he loves him. But it's more than a question. It's a call for action. So in the story, Jesus is calling Peter for more. Peter, I need more from you. Do you really love me? Do you really love me, Peter? And the disciples knew more than anyone else that no one loved like Jesus right? Jesus is asking Peter for his love, but they already know that no one loves like Jesus. They walked with Jesus for three years. They knew that there is no one more loving, gracious, and merciful to ever walk the earth than Jesus. That's why he is worthy enough to surrender everything. He loves us, church. He loves us so much. It's time for more. Jesus wants more than our words. He wants more from us than coming Sunday morning. He wants more from us than sharing a video or making a post about church. He wants us to preach the gospel. Isn't that why we're here? Isn't that why we're here still on earth, preparing the way of the Lord to preach the gospel, to build disciples? If I could summarize the kingdom in three phrases, it would be save the lost, equip the saved, and send those who are equipped. I've heard this here before, right? Isn't this, isn't this, this, this is our DNA, right, church? To get saved, to be built as a disciple, to build other disciples, and to be sent out for our calling in Christ? Isn't that what we believe? This is our calling. God wants more. But another thing I know, just being a human and just knowing people, is that the actions we live out naturally reflect what we love right? The actions we live out naturally, naturally reflect what we love. So I can observe your life for about a week, and I already know who you love, what you love, and who is your God, whether it's your job, whether it's your wife, whether it's God himself. Whatever it is, I can observe you by your actions, and I can see clearly who you trust and who you love. So I know as a human that the actions I live out naturally will reflect what's in my heart, right? Luke 6, 45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is a simple principle, a godly principle, and it's just obvious. So that tells me if we truly love Jesus, we will naturally have a desire to live out the life he has for us. It starts with our hearts. It starts with our intimacy with Jesus. Can we just, for the next 45 minutes, just focus on Jesus, please? Don't, don't focus on what I'm saying. Don't, don't just focus on me. Don't focus on what's happening out in the world right now. Don't focus what's happening on CNN. 
CNN will still be running when we leave church. Can we just focus on Jesus this morning? Because he is worthy of every thought we can give him. He is worthy of every praise we can give him. And that's what I want to challenge this morning. I want to challenge our love for Jesus. You know, we already know and we already talk about the love that God has for us, right? It's, we talk about it all the time because there's nothing like it. No one loves you more than God. No one cares for you more than God. We know this. It is amazing. There is no words to express the love that God has for us. One way I can express the power of God's love, it's like a brick falling on a spider's web. A love so powerful that you can't explain. We need to grasp this. But we also need to grasp that God wants us to love him. You don't believe me. There are many places in Scripture where it says it. Let me read a few. The first commandment, you shall love the Lord your God and no other gods. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, and your might. We love because he first loved us. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my, by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. It's our love for Jesus. So that's my title this morning. If you're, if you're taking notes or whatever, the same question that, Peter asked, that Jesus asked Peter, do you really love me? He is asking us as a church in 2020, he is asking FFM, do you really love me? Do you really love Jesus? And I want to break down this question today because it's so much deeper than we can imagine. Everything we do starts and finishes with our intimate love with Jesus Christ. Kind of like Don, he's, we've had conversations about you know, when they get training in the police academy, when they're, when they're uh, getting trained for grappling, they say, wherever the head goes, the body follows, right? And it makes sense. Wherever the head goes, the body follows. So wherever your love is with Jesus, the rest of your life will follow. How much time you spend with Jesus in the prayer room will determine how your life is going to look like. Our love and devotion to Jesus is where purpose begins. So let's talk about that today. Real love for Jesus requires us to, and my first point is, know him. We have to know Jesus. So as we continue to read the scripture this morning, he says, Jesus, or Jesus says, Simon, do you love me? Isn't this interesting? You're probably thinking, Breno, I thought we were talking about Peter. We are. Simon and Peter are the same person. So just for you to understand, Simon and Peter, they're the same guy. So the reason why Simon became Peter is because three years prior when Jesus met Simon, Jesus is the one that marked Simon with the name Peter. He saw him fishing and says, I'm going to call you Peter because you're going to stand like a rock upon my church that can't move. His name is Peter. It's kind of like if someone would get married, right? So Lynette, she got married to Tim Carpenter. Before Tim, she was Lynette Stutzman. But her devotion to Tim in marriage she changed her name to Lynette Carpenter. That's the way I like to picture this name change in Peter's life. Jesus is the one that called him Peter, but now he's calling him Simon? That's interesting to me. This perhaps was a subtle reminder that he had not stood as a rock in faithfulness to Jesus recently. Because we know three chapters prior, in chapter 18, Peter denies Jesus. Isn't that crazy? 
He's one of Jesus' best friends, and he denies who, that he knows Jesus personally three times. That's crazy. But this is, where, this is the reality of the situation, is that Peter, a man that lo- truly loved Jesus, truly loved him, walked with him, actually denied him in front of a public place, and Jesus saw it. So this is kind of probably an awkward conversation for, for Jesus and Peter, right? If I was Jesus in this situation, I'd kind of feel awkward because I'm thinking, eh, okay, um, I died and rose from the grave, but like a week ago, you said we weren't cool. Like, this is kind of awkward. But Jesus, he pushes the awkwardness, and he says, do you love me? But I want to stick here the reason why he called him Simon. One reason that, that, that just highlights me to me is Jesus is calling him Simon is a reminder to Peter that Jesus knew him before Peter. Here's the thing. The vast numbers of people knew about Peter. A lot of people knew about Peter. Peter, the one that walked with Jesus. Peter, the one that walked on water. Peter, the one that was there for every miracle. But Jesus is like, forget all that. I'm calling you Simon right now. Because I was there with you before you were Peter. And that just shows me that my Jesus seeks intimacy. He seeks our hearts because he knows us. Just like the scripture, we love because he first loved us. We have an opportunity, church, to get to know God because he first got to know us. More than that, he created us. He is omniscient, which blows my mind. He is all-knowing. So pretty much, God knows more about yourself than you do. That's how much he knows. We know the scripture, Psalms 139, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Right? As we continue, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What that saying is, is that God knew who you were, what were you going to do, the thoughts you were going to have before you were even a substance. Think about that, church. That the God of the universe, this omnipotent God, all-powerful God, where he can, by a snap of the finger, wipe us all out as he had the whole world in his hands. He had the whole world in his hands, the whole universe, everything in his hands. But he threw that to the side and said, Brenda, I love her so much. The next verse in this same passage said, How precious to me are your thoughts. How vast is the sum of them. So we cannot even number the thoughts God has for you and me. Isn't that amazing? And that just shows me that God doesn't love me just when I'm successful. This is a lie that we need to wipe out in 2020. That we can only walk into church when we got a raise. We can only walk into church when life is going good, when life is going great. I'm only going to text the pastor just to let him know I'm doing good. But when I mess up, when I have my failures, no, I shouldn't come to church. But Jesus, he was with Peter on the highs and also the lows, just like he is with us today. Emmanuel, another way to describe God, another name for God, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. So just like Jesus is reminding Peter that he is with him, Simon or Peter, Jesus is reminding us that he is with us in every season. 
He is with you, church, in every season, every trial, every tribulation you face. He is with you. He's with you when you buy a house. He's with you when you foreclose. He's with you on the first date. He's with you through the breakup. I've had experience. We ain't going to talk about that. He's with you in every season. He is with you when you have that beautiful baby, but he's also with you when you lose the baby. Please remove this view of God as a God of only achievement and prosperity, a God of just the mountains. He is also the God of the valley. That's why I can trust my God. That's why I live for my God, because he doesn't want me just for the hype. He doesn't want me just for the great things I can do. He wants my heart. He doesn't want your great accomplishments, church. He wants your heart. He doesn't want the list of all the good things you did this week. He doesn't want that list. He throws, he rips up that list and he says, I just want your heart. He just wants our hearts, church. If you only knew how much Jesus loved you, if you only knew, church, how much he wants to use you, how much he wants you to walk out the calling he has for you, right? The, he has a plan for us, right? We know the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, plans to prosper you and give you a hope and better future. It's not a future just to sit in the sidelines and watch Don preach every week. It's a future where you go out and you preach and you describe the love of God and you prophesy and you use your gifts of the Spirit. But you're like, no. If only you knew what I have done behind the scenes. If you only knew how broken I was. If you only knew how many weaknesses I had. There's no way God's going to use me. There's no way I can be used by God. I think this is, this, is a, this is something that we face a lot today. And all through history, are, there are many preachers in this room. There are many missionaries in this room. But because we decide to fall into insecurity and comparing ourselves to others, we push away from our calling and we just sit back with regret and with, with confusion no, I can't be used by God. I'm broken. I'm weak. I have weaknesses. Well, can I just take a moment to just give you a list of people who have some weaknesses? Abraham doubted. Noah was a drunk. Elijah was suicidal. Moses had a speech impediment. Rahab was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Solomon was a womanizer. Martha worried about everything. Jonah ran from God. Paul persecuted Christians. Peter denied Christ three times. And Brenna was an addict and struggled with comparison. And if I've learned one thing with God, is that if God can use me, he can use you. If God can use Peter, he can use you. We need to stop living in insecurity and walk in the calling that we have by God. The church needs you. Don needs you. We need you. It doesn't matter if we're imperfect. God, per, God's perfection qualifies you. God's flawlessness triumphs your flaws. God's completeness fulfills your emptiness. All you have to do is say yes and yield to the process. These were broken people that changed the world. These were broken people that submitted their lives to God through their brokenness. And now we read about what they've done for the rest of eternity. And what if God is waiting for a church right now in 2020 to live out their calling? We are living in a world, church, in 2020 where there is no hope. There is no love. We're living in a world full of hate. 
We're living in a world full of confusion where there is no truth. It's time for the people of God who know the truth to walk it out. We have hope, right? The world needs us. The world needs the church. And if we're going to find any change in our world, the change is going to have to happen in this room right here. It's going to happen. That's, you said it earlier. God has business to do with his church. And when I read the book, it just proves to me that we serve a God that uses broken people to change a broken world. There's no perfect person that's used by God, so we have to all walk in our calling for God. Walk in that calling he has for us. But we understand this truth of confidence when we finally begin to walk with God and to know him. When I look at my own personal life, when I'm, to be honest with you, I struggle with Bible reading. I struggle with with sitting down every single day and getting all the chapters that I want to get. But obviously, God's gracious, I'm still going to do it. Even though it's a weakness for me, I'm still going to do it because the days that I don't read my Bible, insecurities begin to come in my, my, my head, lies begin to come in my mind. We all struggle. Just because I'm here today, it's been a tough week. The enemy is real. He doesn't stop working. That's why we need to make sure we are devoted to Jesus in our personal lives and seeking his face. And, and really, like Psalms 139, I just remember back at school just with my roommate Ernst, we would just dwell in Psalms 139 as how is it that God loves us so much? Just to dwell on those thoughts, church, when you begin to dwell on those thoughts, when you walk out of that prayer room, there's a confidence that is in you. But greater than that, there is a, there is a fire that is in your heart when you, when you seek the Lord more and more. And let's, as we continue with the story, we see that Peter knows this, but the challenge is getting deeper. Let's continue. So he says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Whatever it was, Jesus is challenging Peter's devotion to him. Isn't that interesting? Someone who walked with Jesus for three years is still getting challenged. He is still getting asked for more. The depth of your knowledge of Christ will always be limited to the depth of your devotion to him. Our devotion in the God will... It will, it's, it's what guides us. Our personal relationship with Jesus guides everything else. And as the more we begin to seek God, we will begin to understand clearly, more clearly and, and with, with more vision to see what is God doing in our own lives. But what kind of love? I've been talking about this, this word love all day. What kind of love is that? So what is so cool to me about just studying the Bible is that the scripture we have today the English version, that's, this is not the original text. And what's so cool is that in our scripture, in verse 15, we see the word, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And the original text is two different words. It's two different words of love. Let me break it down. So Jesus asks Peter, 
do you agape me? Agape is, means love, but it means the most all-giving, uncaused, unselfish love. A love that is deeper than, than the surface. A love that is devoted. So Jesus is asking him, do you love me? Do you agape me? But then Peter responds, yes, Lord, I phileo you. Phileo is another word for love, which means a friendly affection, a brotherly love. This is a different love that Jesus is talking about, right? We know it today. Like, there's a difference between me coming to my dad and say, Dad, I love you so much. Or you coming to your spouse and say, I love you. <laughs> and then there's that, there's that love word of like, someone comes to you and is like, love you, bro. <laughs> love you, man. Love you. You know, it's like, there's a difference, right? Let me give you an example. So many of you guys know that my best friend Tyler's about to get married, right? Come on, give them a hand. They're about to get married. About to get married to Carly, and I'm super excited for them. And, you know, just walking with Tyler for like 13 years now or, or something like that, you know, the conversations, had, had, they, they have been changing. You know, when we were like 12, all we were talking about was sports and music. You know, but now today, you know, I'll call Tyler. You know, he's engaged, and I'll check up on him. Hey, man, how you doing? Dude, good, man. Carly, bro. <sighs> Carly, man. Oh, dude, Carly's doing this, man. I love Carly about this. I'm like, cool, man. Anything else happening in life? Not really, man. Carly, bro. Like, Carly, man. <laughs> like, every time I'd FaceTime him when I'd be in New York, I'm like, bro, how's work? Dude, just with Carly, man. Just like, and like, even today, I'm hanging out with him all the time. I'm like, bro, how are you? Dude, Carly, bro. Like, Carly. I just can't wait to get married, bro. Like, whoever comes, just as long as we get I'm just ready to get married, man. And, but that makes sense, right? Because they're engaged. Of course, he don't care about what I want to say. He just wants to talk about Carly. That's the truth. And I'm fine with that because I'm happy for my bro. <laughs> but wouldn't it be weird if I came to Tyler, someone who's engaged, I'm like, hey, bro, how's your fiance doing? I was, she's okay, I think. I mean, she's okay. Like, what do you, what do you mean she's okay, bro? You're engaged to her. How? How's Carly doing? Like, what's, what's been happening in her life? I don't really know, man. Like, I haven't called her since, like, last Sunday. Like, we haven't really been talking a lot. Man, wouldn't that be weird? To be honest, wouldn't that be sad that someone who's engaged to another person doesn't really get to know and pursue their heart? But isn't it also sad that the church of God who's married to Jesus doesn't get to know him? You see, Tyler, he pursues Carly. He seeks out Carly for her heart, not just what she can give him. And we need to be a people that we seek out the prayer closet, that we seek Jesus, we seek God, not for what he can give us, but for who he is. Can I be honest? This might be straight up. I am super sorry. But it breaks my heart that we as a church, that in conversation, we say, what has God been speaking to you? And we say, I don't really know. I haven't really known, to be honest. I haven't talked to him since last Sunday. This is the truth. And I'm preaching to myself, too, that, that we get so caught up in the distractions. We get so, get so caught up on what's happening on Facebook, on what's happening in the world, that we have this book that was created for intimacy. This book was not created for just information. 
This book was created for life change, for transformation, for real pursuit and real seeking. The reason why we call ourselves a church that has a biblical worldview is because we see the world through the lenses of the book, not the other way around. And it happens with pursuing. It happens with seeking God. We must be a church that seeks his heart. So that's my question. Do you agape or phileo? Because there's a big difference. Let's continue. So we're, we're trying to grasp this relationship with Jesus. Everything we start and finish happens with our relationship with Jesus. So we must know him, but we also must trust him. It starts with trust, church. So as we continue in the scripture, so Jesus asked, Peter, do you love me? Uh, and Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But then Jesus responds with something interesting, something that Peter probably didn't expect. He said, feed my lambs. So in a way, it's like Jesus really challenging his love that, that Peter has for him. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep. So to give you an idea, he's not calling Peter just to go be a, a shepherd on the, on the high mountains. This is a metaphorical picture that is shown all through Scripture where when, when it's talking about a shepherd, it's talking about a pastor. You know, as Jesus, he is the, he is the perfect shepherd, right? We know the story. He left the 99 for the one. He left the 99 sheep for the one sheep. Jesus is challenging Peter. He's calling Peter to a place of shepherdhood. Because up to this point, like I said in the beginning, all that Peter knew about was fish up to this point. Literally and metaphorically, fish is in a way of preaching the gospel, just, 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 just trying to get the fish, just trying to get the fish. I'm just doing my duty. I'm just going to go wherever Jesus goes. If I need to cut someone's ear off, I'm going to cut someone's ear off. Like, let's go. Like, like Peter was one of those guys, you know, they could, some writers even, would even say it like, what's the phrase? All heart, no mind. Full heart, half mind. One of those guys where he was ready to do the crazy stuff. You need me to go over there and just preach. I'm going to go preach a little bit. You want me to go cast devils, blah, whatever. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do, Jesus, right? Just this crazy guy. But, but Don can prove to you that shepherding is a, it's a, it's a hard process, you know? To be honest, like, in a way, evangelism, you just go out, you just say what you got to say, convict people, and you're gone, <laughs> you know? But a pastor, he goes to the sheep, tells them the truth, and he's stuck. The shepherd, he's stuck with his sheep in a way. There's this, there's this beautiful responsibility that comes with being a shepherd where you have the opportunity and, the, and, and just the privilege to watch over people, to shepherd people. You know, and we see that in the life of Don. Isn't he an amazing shepherd? Come on, isn't he a great pastor? The way he has shepherded just my own life has been amazing. So this is the shepherding, this is the feeding my lambs, this is the tending my sheep that Jesus is talking about. So if you love me, you need to feed my lambs. Now, like I said, this is a new season that Peter is being challenged to jump into. Peter didn't know anything about sheep. All he knew was fish. But what I see is for Peter to follow through with that love and devotion for Jesus, he must give himself to the service of God's people, a service that he's never done before. So in a way, when we say yes to God, when we say we truly trust him, there's something you have to give. There's something that you have to surrender, and that is self-trust. This is a quality that our world finds as a strength, right? You got to trust yourself. 
right? I've had conversations with people in relationships. Now, are we good, bro? I trust myself. I trust me. Well, in Proverbs, it says you're a fool if you trust yourself. You're, you're a fool if you trust yourself. That's what the Bible says. But another scripture that talks about trust that I want to break down real quick is Proverbs 3, 5, I believe. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all things acknowledge God and he will guide your paths. Trust in the Lord. We need to trust him. As Peter is, has to make the decision to trust God, jumping into the season of shepherdhood, we as a church in 2020 need to trust God as we step into our new season and as we step into what God is doing. Because we're not moving by our own agenda. We are seeing what God is doing and we are following. But that has to do with trust. We have to trust him. But the next phrase, it says, lean not on your own understanding. And this is where action needs to come in. Because we can trust with our mouth all the time. Yes, I trust you. I trust you. But what we lean on reveals who we think is Lord. We can, we can say all we want. God, we trust you. God, we trust you. Many of us can even trust the Lord with our mouth, but we're leaning on our 401k. You know, many of us trust the Lord with our mouth that he is the healer and that he can heal COVID-19, but we're leaning on the media, looking at the numbers, and now we're living in fear. Now we're living in hopelessness because people are dying instead of leaning on this book that tells me that my Jesus healed the deaf, blind, and the mute. And he has given us power not for today, but a power much greater. But nope, I'm so caught up in what's happening on Facebook, I'm going to lean on the numbers and just live discouraged. Many of us trust all the single people. We trust God. Yes, Lord, I'm going to have the, the best husband ever, the best wife ever, the wife that I've been praying for. But then we lean on the attention that random people be giving us on Instagram, and we settle. Many of us even trust the Lord with our mouths that he will take care of the government. He will take, God, you will take care of what's going on in the White House, God. You are in control of what's going on in Lansing. But as soon as a local or statewide leader says something we don't like, we lean on Facebook. And we type and we comment with disrespect and with dishonor and with hate. And this is not something I want to vent about. This is something I want to shortly say what I feel like the Lord has been saying to me is I've been praying, God, how do I respond to what's happening in this world? Because we can all agree that this is a crazy time in America. This is something that I, a season that I have never experienced before. And I'm mad. I'm angry, to be honest with you. My heart is breaking for the black community. My heart is breaking for the cops that surrender everything they have for justice. My heart is breaking for the small businesses. You know, the Bible even says, hate what is evil. And I'm pretty mad at evil right now. I'm mad at racism. However, as a follower of Jesus, I need to be careful how I speak. Be careful how you post on Facebook, church. Be careful how you respond to someone that disrespects you because we can all agree that we're all mad. However, if you call yourself a Christian this morning, you are representing a name that is not yours. If you call yourself a believer, 
As soon as you pull out your keyboard to reply to someone or to post something, you are representing the church, you are representing heaven, and you are representing God. So I warn you, please be careful how you respond. We're all broken. But the word also says, be slow to speak, because there's power of, the, of death and life in our words. So as people who have the Spirit of God in us, we have an opportunity to ask the Spirit of God, God, what are you saying? We have an opportunity to open this book and say, God, how do you, how do you deal with, with what's happening in this world? God, what is your heart about racism? Because the scary thing is we can get so caught up on what's happening in the media that we forget to fall on our knees and say, God, come and heal our land. And I hope, any post that you make, I hope that you are praying for your leaders. I hope that that we are praying for those in our leadership because we need God now more than anything. We need to trust him, church. Our prayers need to be parallel to our action. We need to trust him. Guys, this is a season where we don't know what's going on. No one knows what's happening. No one knows what's going on. And it can get fearful. It can get discouraging when our uh, political heroes saying, I don't know what's going on. When our doctors are saying, I don't know what's going on. But we need to trust our God that says, if God is for me, who can be against me? I know all things. He will provide. He will provide church. Instead of if maybe you have been let go from work, maybe you have been unemployed. And if you go into the media, if you go into the news, you will be discouraged. But this book says, Jesus said it himself, that I provide food for the ravens, and they neither reap or sow. How much more do I value your life? How much more do I value your family? I provide for the animals. I provide for creation. How much more will I provide for your family? This is a a, a truth that we need to grasp in our hearts as a kingdom today, that God will provide. And what if? Wow, that was a terrible voice crack. What if, and this is hypothetical, what if, church, the ultimate purpose of the pandemic was God testing his people to see that we can remain patient and hopeful in times of uncertainty? Here's a beautiful thing. Uncertainty is an opportunity for faith to be built. It's an opportunity. Because here's the truth. Uncertainty will either produce faith or fear. Which one will you choose? We need to make a decision and say, with the uncertainties that are happening in this world, I have an opportunity to stand in faith. Jesus is calling Peter into something more. We have to trust him for more. So Jesus, as we continue the scripture, he asks him the third time, Peter, do you love me? And he's grieved. Now he is grieved because this three-time repetition was a plain reminder of his previous three-time trial denial. Like I said, Peter denied him three times. What a failure. That's so hard. I can't imagine the shame and regret that Jesus felt or that Peter felt after he denied himself to Christ. But isn't it interesting how Jesus asks the question? Because Jesus had every right in this moment to say, why didn't you do better? Why did you deny me? Don't you do this? Don't you do that? No, he asks, do you love me? 
So Jesus doesn't ask, are you sorry, nor will you, will you promise never to do that again. Jesus Christ asks each one of us for a heart. He wants our hearts in this moment of restoration. That's what I love about Jesus, and this proves to me that Jesus is seeking intimacy more than anything. And what I love about this scripture is that Jesus allowed Peter a threefold public affirmation of love to replace a threefold to de- denial and gave him a threefold challenge to feed my sheep. The goal is always restoration, church. The goal is always restoration in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Through our brokenness, through our sins, through our failures, Jesus wants restoration in your place. Wherever you're at this morning, please don't feel discouraged. That Jesus, he wants to change your life and he wants to restore you. And what's so cool in the scripture is that every time Jesus asks him, do you love me? He doesn't fall back to our failures. He goes to the future. Right? He didn't say, Peter, do you love me? Well, it didn't look like it when you denied me. Peter, do you love me? Well, you're acting pretty dumb and you cut the guy's ear off. No, he says, Peter, do you love me? Great, I have something more for you. In our lives, when Jesus comes, he doesn't focus primarily on the problem you are going through, the the, the addiction you're going through. He says, I have more for you. You're struggling with this addiction? I want you, I have so much more for you. I have a calling for you. It's always restoration. He wants us to grasp his heart this morning, church. When we come to this place where, where we grab a hold of what Jesus is doing in our lives, he says one thing, follow me. This moment where he has caught Peter's heart, he says, follow me. One of my favorite writers, Donald Guthrie, said, the fact that Peter was clearly forgiven by Jesus and given new responsibilities amounting to apostleship despite his total denial of his Lord can give genuine hope to Christians today who feel unforgiven. We have a hope today. You know, see, in the beginning of the chapter, Peter said, I'm going fishing. But at the end of the chapter, Jesus said, no, I have more for you. Check this out. So even after three years of of ministry with Jesus, he is saying, I have more for you. And what comes next in Peter's life affects all of us today because Peter was one of the primary leaders in the church of Acts, a story that is continuing today. He was the first person to perform any miracle after Pentecost, and he was actually the one to preach and raise his voice at Pentecost. Didn't we just talk about that last week? We talked about the fire of God last week. Pentecost was a day that changed the church forever. And isn't it so cool that the same man that denied Christ was the same man to preach and to declare the goodness and the resurrection power of Jesus on Pentecost? That shows me that God has the same for you. He wants to use you in places where the darkness needs a light, a world needs a hope. He's going to use you to preach that. And it's time for us to receive that this morning. But it all starts with love. It all starts with love. And one thing I've been really thinking about is as we're here in 2020, as we face this pandemic, God has been faithful to us, church. He has been gracious to us and his bride. And the greatest temptation and failure is for any of us to go back to who we were before quarantine. 
He has more for us, church. He wants to do something new in your life after this season. He wants more, but it all starts with our love for him. You will never devote your life to someone you don't love. If you don't build an emphasis to cultivate an intimate love for Jesus for your own life, every other area of your life will crumble. You see, as I live in this season, I need to seek Jesus now more than ever. Because if it's up to my own life, I couldn't do it. It's time for us to seek Jesus. I'd like to invite the team up as we close. As I said in the beginning, there is no one more loving, gracious, and merciful to ever walk the earth than Jesus. That's why he is worthy enough to surrender everything. He is worthy, church. He wants to, he wants to change our lives here in this room. He wants to prepare us to be the leaders that God has called us to be in 2020 and in this country and during this time. But it starts with our intimate love for Jesus. It starts with opening up this book, church. And when you study the wonders, the miracle wonders of God, the miraculous things that he did and who he is, we begin to see something beautiful in this book and our lives become transformed. And like I said earlier, phileo isn't finished. Agape love is where it is finished. A deeper love for God. You guys can stand with me as we close. This devotion to Jesus is something that he wants to do with us this morning. He wants us to truly be devoted in this season. As I just said, phileo isn't finished. It's so good to see you this morning. Welcome, Tyler. <laughs> I had to. God wants us to agape him. Phileo isn't finished. Our surface level love isn't finished. Agape love where it is finished. And the, and the one who showed agape love greater than anyone else said it himself that it is finished. That's what real love looks like. Jesus being on that cross, that is what real love looks like. He said it himself, it is finished. And when he was on that cross, he took your addiction and he put it on his back. He took your brokenness and he put it on his back. When they were putting the crown of thorns on him, when they were whipping his back, he said, keep it coming because I'm doing this for Donna. Keep it coming because I'm doing this for Joe. I'm doing this for Tanya. You want to give me this pain today? I'm doing this for FFM. As they put the nails in his wrists, he said, keep it coming because this is what I need to do. This is the Father's will. And I am doing this because I love my church. I'm doing this because I love the world. I love America. Keep the pain coming. I need to do this for us to have everything. The beautiful thing about this story is when Jesus and Peter are here together after resurrection. And as Peter is thinking about the things he did before, Jesus said, I took care of it on the cross last week. 
Jesus already covered Peter's three-time denial. He covered all of that. And he wants to do the same thing this morning. I want this time to be a place of invitation. A place of invitation where you can come. You can ask for forgiveness. You can ask for repentance. And God will forgive you. And he will call you for what's next. Because every single person in this room, he's not finished with you. It's not good. It's not finished. He's not finished with anyone in this room. So if you feel like you need to come here to the altar and walk into this devotion with Jesus, please come. If you want to come to this altar and you feel like you have ran from God, you feel like you you have heard the gospel, you have received Jesus, you've been baptized, but you've ran away. Well, Jesus, he receives the prodigal with open arms. He receives you with open arms no matter what season you're in right now. If that's you, we invite you to come. And if you're in this room and you have, you have, you have never accepted Jesus in your heart, if you have never accepted this devotion to Jesus, I invite you to come. The altar is for everyone. This is a place of love. We have people to hear that will pray for you and that will help you. We're here as a family and we know as a ministry that the only way we're going to find true change in this world is through Jesus. So I encourage you to sing with us this song, a song of devotion, as we focus on the love of Jesus this morning. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Every song we could ever sing.
never seen Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus Jesus, the name above every other Jesus, the only one who could ever sing. Worthy of every breath that could ever breathe, we live for you. God, you are calling us deeper and deeper and deeper into you. Your business with us as a church and as a people, Lord, is to call us into the depths of who you are. To move us from beyond friendship and into intimacy. 
to take us from phileo to agape in our relationship as the body of Christ so that that relationship show the reality of your love to a lost and dying world. It's the only answer for the brokenness we have, Lord, is your love. Our love is in, it's limited. It's incomplete. It's biased. But Lord, when we are filled with your love, when we're your people, God, Father, we're able to show your love, God, your love, which is unconditional to a lost and dying world. And so, Father, as a church, we're saying, here we are. Transform us to reveal yourself to a lost and dying world. We pray it in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. So good to see you. That was an amazing word from the Lord. I knew it would be. I know you're going to want to watch more of it and, and dig into it. As you're being dismissed to pick up your kids, if you could maybe exit the side exits there. Let those who are coming in for the part of it and uh, greet each other in the name of the Lord in, in, in the best ways that you can. Amen. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for coming today. Amen. Pray for second service.